Hey friends, welcome back to this week's episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. I'm Renan Diet Dietitian, Trainer and Host Katie, and this is episode 287. Now today we are talking about a little bit of a controversial topic. We are talking about weight loss medications, specifically a new drug that was recently approved by the FDA called Ozempic, or maybe you've heard of it called Wagovi. My goal for you with today's episode is to really just educate yourself about weight loss medications, regardless of where you're at on your non-diet journey. Maybe you're like, there's no way I would ever take weight loss medications. You may have friends or family who might talk about this really popular drug or maybe recommended it to take it by their doctor. So I'm going to give you some tools and information to help you help those in your circle. Welcome to Fit Friends Happy Hour, a podcast about all things nutrition, fitness, and life in your 20s and 30s, all from a non-diet lens. I'm your host, Katie Hake, and I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and certified personal trainer. Join me here every week as I talk with interesting people and experts from all walks of life about their relationship with food and their bodies. I'll also share my experience working with clients in my private practice to help women find food freedom and body confidence. I'm on a mission to help you stop quantifying and start living. Learn to stop measuring your success by the scale and find your fears. Hey friends, welcome back to this week's episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. I'm Renan Diet Dietitian, trainer and host Katie, and this is episode 287. Today, we are talking about a pretty hot topic lately, which is a new drug that's on the market called Ozempic. You may have also heard it called Wigovi, but essentially we're going to talk about it from the lens of weight loss. Now, maybe you're listening to this episode thinking, Katie, I am well along my non-diet journey. I would never take a weight loss medication. However, I really encourage you, I really want you to listen to this episode so that you can be informed. Because chances are you're going to talk to somebody in your friends, your family, at the office, someone in your circle may be taking this or may be recommended by their doctor to take this. So I'm going to empower you with some tools, some information to educate yourself on this topic, but also to educate and be a voice to others. Now, I want to start by giving a disclaimer. This show. Nothing we say on this show is for medical advice. This is, of course, just you know information, education. Everything I present is always going to be evidence-based. That is, you know, part of my ethics as a registered dietitian. But I also want to give a trigger warning because today we are going to be talking about weight loss. We're going to be talking about medical weight stigma, you know, restrictive dietary practices. And so if you are somebody who may be triggered, by this topic, go ahead and skip. Go listen to a previous episode that serves you and what you need to hear today. So weight loss, as we know, is nothing new, right? It is a constant evolving industry. It's a constant, you know, hot topic. There's always someone around you who is trying to lose weight or being told to lose weight. However, the reality is that, you know, the diet industry is tricky and the pharmaceutical industry is tricky and constantly doing research and medical advancements. And so 
currently on the market, you know, there's lots of different weight loss methods available. You know, we're not going to talk too much about the efficacy of intentional weight loss, right? We'll we'll do that on another episode. But you know, diet and exercise, weight loss surgery, medications, this is nothing new. There have been weight loss medications on the market before, starting with amphetamines, which were addictive. They were dangerous. You know, people developed tolerances to amphetamines and there were drugs on the market like Fenfen. Maybe you heard of it. Maybe you had a, you know, mom or dad or, you know, someone in an older generation who was actually on this medication. And that is one that was really popular for a while, but it was actually pulled due to heart issues. You know, people were actually dying from it, having heart damage and deaths. And so that was pulled from the market. There was another one called Meridia that also had similar issues. There was another one called Orlistat. You know, I specifically remember that one that members of my family were on. It causes really oily stools. Basically, you're you're not digesting uh, fat. So it goes right through you. And, you know, it's that one is actually still on the market. There's another one on the market in 2014 that was called Contrave that was approved. That's a combination of, you know, it's basically a narcotic blocker that's often used in people with alcohol and drug addictions as an antidepressant. So again, this market, this industry, it's nothing new, but I really wanted to record this podcast because there's something different about this medication and the timing, especially with social media. So what is Wagovi, what is Ozempic? You may have also heard the word semaglutide, which is the main name for it. Ozempic and Wagovi is kind of the, you know, the marketing name for it. But it was recently approved by the FDA for weight loss in adults with obesity or overweight, you know, considered by our medical standards and type 2 diabetes. Now, it is only FDA approved for diabetes, but it is approved for weight loss in people with a BMI specifically of 27 or above, and if they have another comorbidity such as prediabetes, high, high blood pressure. But this is what really alarmed me is I actually have had many conversations on uh, social media, on Instagram with you know some of you who are, are listeners that have shared with me firsthand stories of people begging their doctors, going to med spas, you know, getting exceptions, like really having absolutely no problem, either falsifying blood work or, you know, I'm not quite sure exactly how people are, are getting it who don't qualify. But the point is, it doesn't sound like it's that challenging, at least here in the United States to get access to this drug for weight loss. And what really, really, really makes me angry is because I have had, you know, clients who actually have been on this medication, gosh, you know, a, a year ago or probably more when it was first getting researched. It was, you know, not quite as popular yet. That was still in the recent studies. But what's happening now is that these people are going on this medication for weight loss. They don't need it, right? The main driver is they want to lose weight and they want to lose it fast. And so it's causing a shortage nationwide for people with diabetes who actually need it. Ugh, right? Ugh. And another really concerning 
thing I read, especially in the research, is that this has also been approved for chronic weight management in adolescents ages 12 and older. And at the time of this recording, there was also a recent release of the American Academy of Pediatrics and their obesity guidelines. And I'm not going to go too far into that today, but again, just really problematic when we think about it long-term. So let's start by talking about how Ozempic works. Like, What is it that is is so unique? And so it's what's called a GLP-1 receptor agonist. Okay. What does that mean in English? It's basically a class of drugs that mimics the action of a hormone called glucagon-like peptide 1 or GLP-1. And that hormone is naturally produced by the body to help us regulate appetite and blood sugar levels. And so how the drug works, how you know people are losing so much weight on it is because it reduces your appetite, which then increases those feelings of fullness through the stimulation of those GLP-1 receptors. And there's a mechanism where it's basically working with the brain and it's sending that hormone is sending signals to the brain to also slow down the stomach's emptying process, therefore suppressing hunger. Now, Ozempic has been shown to improve blood sugar control in people with type 2 diabetes. You know, my client specifically, she's had, you know, great results in her A1C and her blood sugars, which is really exciting because especially with her, we have many conversations about getting this and she was really conflicted because it wasn't about the weight loss for her. It was actually, you know, experimenting with a medication that could help give her the, the blood sugar control benefits. So, Like I said, it can improve the blood sugar control in people with type 2 diabetes. And how it does that is by increasing that insulin production and decreasing the amount of glucose that's produced by the liver. Okay. I hope that made sense in your brain about how the drug actually works. Long story short, it suppresses your appetite, makes you feel super full. And, you know, as we know, if you're not hungry, you're not eating, it's likely that you're going to see weight loss. So what did the research say? What does the, you know, what's the science actually say? And there was a summary of clinical trials that were conducted to really test, you know, the effectiveness of Ozempic specifically for weight loss. And they had, you know, pretty staggering results. So the average weight loss seen in study participants, which was around 10% of their initial body weight. Now, for someone who is living in a larger body, they that may not seem, you know, if someone is, is 300 pounds and that, you know, they lose 30 pounds, they may, that may not seem very significant. But when we talk about, you know, 10% weight loss on, you know, somebody who is taking this medication and they're only 170 pounds and they're losing. And again, this is on average. That means people are losing more. If somebody who is 170 pounds and rapidly dropping 20 pounds or more, that's very significant. And so what the research studies also showed is that, you know, compared to other weight loss medications on the market, uh, Victoza, Adelixin, you know, there are all these long, complicated names you, you can Google if you want to know the different ones, but this was, you know, shown to be quote unquote, more effective in, in promoting weight loss. So, okay, we get it. The science, I mean, the the actual mechanism of changing your biology in a sense, temporarily, it results in weight loss, but 
as with any sort of medication, there's always going to be side effects. There's always going to be the other side that we have to look at, that we have to consider. And so some of the common side effects are, you know, extreme nausea, diarrhea, constipation. Because if you think about it, again, we're slowing the gastric emptying. And so, you know, anytime we are manipulating or, you know, doing things that are affecting the gut, it's, it's going to, you know, change how you feel, change how you're digesting and processing food. And so, you know, of course, it's not recommended for people with a history of pancreatitis that's been shown to have that, uh, severe kidney problems, pregnant breastfeeding women, or anyone who, of course, is allergic to any of the ingredients in it. It's really important. You know, again, another red flag to me is that so many people are taking this from med spas or, you know, celebrities are taking it, paying out of pocket is that this is a medication that really requires proper monitoring by a healthcare professional. It requires regular blood tests, you know, regular conversations to talk about, you know, the potential side effects and also really importantly, not abruptly stopping the medication. You know, many conversations that I've had with clients about, you know, okay, if this is something, let's weigh the pros and cons of if you're going to trial this and really what might it look like? You know, is this something that you're going to be on forever? The mode of action and and how it works means that it will only work for those people who do have insulin and glucose regulation issues. So if weight gain is a result of, you know, general overeating or binge eating or extreme changes in your activity levels or other medical issues, this drug isn't going to solve it. Let's talk about weight loss medications in general. What are some of the potential side effects, some some of the dangers? You know, and I want to be really transparent. Like I vividly remember in college taking thermogenics, uh, weight loss medications, just over the counter, like just crap from GNC because it promised this, this hope that I would lose weight. And, you know, as you know, from listening to the podcast, as you no longer your own journey, it's so much more than the weight. At least it was for me. It was. You know, for me in that moment, it was if I could be in a smaller body, that means that I'll be respected in my industry. That means I'll get more clients because, you know, they'll, they'll believe in my products and my services because I know what I'm doing. But there's a lot of issues with that for, for many reasons. So, you know, of course, the physical side effects, there's gastrointestinal problems, you know, you can have an upset stomach, diarrhea, constipation, but there's also cardiovascular risks. You know, a lot of weight loss medications have been linked to increased risk of heart attack, stroke, other cardiovascular problems. You know, I think back to college Katie taking those thermogenics, which were basically designed to jack your heart rate up and you sweat a ton and then drinking coffee on top of it and not sleeping. Oh my gosh, that was so damaging to my body, so damaging to it just not not a sustainable way to live. You know, another side effect can be liver damage or liver failure, especially if it's taken in, you know, high dosages or for long periods of time. In addition to the physical side effects, there's often psychological side effects. Some weight loss medications can cause actually cause induce that anxiety, depression or other psychological side effects. And then interactions with other medications so it can be really dangerous taking, you know, medications and mixing and matching and 
not really actually working with a, a professional. And then there's the issue of dependence. Some weight loss medications can actually cause physical dependence and withdraw symptoms when stopped. And then there's the financial impact. Many celebrities or you know people who are getting access to this medication who don't actually need it, they're able to afford $1,000, $1,500 per month. Whereas, again, people who actually need this medication to control, to manage their type 2 diabetes, maybe they can't afford to pay out of pocket, nor should they have to. So, you know, it's really important to keep in mind that weight loss medications are not a magic solution. They just like anything, it's it's not it's not the quick or it is a quick fix, but it's not sustainable. So it really wants you to think about, you know, the pros and cons and regardless of where you're at, how you feel about it, think about the bigger impact. You know, the problem with what's happening right now is that this is really perpetuating fat stigma. It's really perpetuating that impossible thin ideal that, you know, if you have enough money and access to the right people, like you can look a certain way and you know, you have to look this way in order to fit society standards. And as a registered dietitian, as a medical professional, I firmly believe that there is maybe a time and place for medications, for surgeries. You know, I used to work in a bariatric clinic working with patients who got stomach surgery for weight loss. But for some of those patients, it wasn't necessarily about the weight. It was they could not get a transplant, a heart transplant surgery covered until they lost the weight. And it, you know, it can be really complex. And so there are situations where surgeries or medications may be medically necessary. But I always told my bariatric patients the same thing. You know, we don't do brain surgery when we're in there. And it's really important to recognize that weight loss drugs or surgery, the latest diet plan, you know, whatever it is, it's not going to address the underlying issues of why and what you eat. So remember that our food choices and relationships with food and our bodies are very complex. And while yes, you know, a drug, a medication, it can be temporary, really think about the long-term side effects. You know, if you were to lose weight, how would your life look differently? And I want you to ask the question, why? like five more times, why would it look differently? And why is that important? And why does that matter? Because when we really get to the root of it, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be healthy. You deserve to love and trust and respect and honor the current body that you have. And, you know, if this is something that you're seriously considering, again, my my role is I want you to have all the facts, have all the knowledge, you know, really understand both sides of things and don't let the weight loss industry manipulate you into thinking that you need this, that this is the only option, that, you know, this is this is the answer to everything. Because I think if we dig deeper, it's much deeper than that. So Definitely encourage you, you know, let's talk to a healthcare provider about this drug. You know, if it's something that makes sense with your current situation, but also don't be afraid to get a second opinion, you know, talk to 
a registered dietitian or, you know, another trusted professional to really understand the risks and benefits of any medication of any, you know, medical procedure before starting treatment, because the reality is, especially if you're living in a larger body, that is that sometimes we have to be our best advocate and that can be really hard to do. And, you know, if you've experienced medical stigma, you know, fat stigma in the medical environment, like I just want to give you a hug and I empathize with that and I feel for you. And I just want you to know that it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks that you've had that experience, but just know that not every medical professional out there is like that, you know, and you deserve to be treated with, with the dignity and respect that you deserve for being a human, regardless of your current body. So again, thank you so much for listening today. As always, if you found this episode helpful, if you had any aha moments or something tucked to your heartstring, please share this on Instagram. You can tag me myself at KT Hake or tag the podcast at Fit Friends Happy Hour. And it would mean the world if you would go ahead and leave us a five-star review and let us know specifically what you liked about this episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. You can subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Fit Friends Happy Hour. Talk to you next time.